0: You've been led to believe that everything you've experienced isn't real, that there's an explanation. But what if they're wrong? What if something has reached out to you from beyond? Let me tell your true stories. Let me tell them until they all believe. (laughs) Hello again, everybody. Welcome once again to Paranormal and Supernatural True Stories. Thanks so much for the feedback on last week's show. It was definitely scary and I can't get the image of him standing at the doorway out of my head. Okay, so this week we are taking a dive into a great story that leads me to wonder, are we all capable of attracting entities? And by entities, I mean all of them, ghosts, demons, and whatever else is out there watching us do you think every person has this attraction or is it reserved for only some of us maybe only those of us having difficulties emotionally or those of us who ask for it by conjuring or even those of us who are super skeptical that the universe decides to throw us a curveball i don't know i'm curious to know your opinions what are your thoughts on this I want to remind everyone to send your thoughts, ideas, and even your own experience to my email at at mytruestoryatmyyahoo.com. Don't forget to like and follow my Facebook page, Paranormal and Supernatural True Stories. And please feel free to sign up for membership on patreon.com. I only have one tier of membership at the moment, but eventually I will have three tiers and they will each have amazing benefits for you. All right, guys. Let's get into this week's story I have titled, Supernatural Summer, sent in by Nancy. Hi, my name is Nancy, and these stories took place back in the mid-80s when I was a young teen. I would spend summers at my grandmother's in a very small town, but I had some great friends there, and we always had things to do until that summer. It just seemed like we were restless, and we got bored so easily that year, and we were looking for new adventures. There was a new girl in town, which was a rare thing there. Nobody moved there, and her name was Annie. She had just the right amount of criminal element about her that we were all fascinated with her, except my grandmother. She always called her that girl. And I shouldn't pal around with that girl, (laughs) which of course made her more interesting to me. Annie thought of things to do that we never thought of. She introduced us to the paranormal on a deeper level than what we already understood it to be, and we couldn't get enough. To this day, I kind of feel like Annie had a lot to do with the strange things we all experienced. She was a troubled youth, and I mean badly troubled. And I feel like she was maybe a magnet for whatever forces touched us that summer. This, of course, is only speculation. I suppose it could have just been the perfect storm of each of us coming together with open minds and willing hearts. When Annie heard about the old abandoned house on the corner that an old man had died in, well, she could talk about nothing else until she talked us into having a seance there. It didn't take much persuasion, as we were all excited and eagerly made our plans. Annie always had the best ideas. There was myself, Annie, Renee, Laura, and one boy named Nick. We were all around 13 to 15 years old, and we were rarely ever apart. So the plans were set. Nick would bring some tools to break in. The rest divided up bringing candles matches, flashlights, and whatever else we needed. We were to meet at 9 p.m. that night, so we went home to eat dinner and lie to our parents, or grandparents in my case, then head out to our great adventure. And it never occurred to us that this night would likely stay with us for the rest of our lives. It didn't take us long to gain access to the house. Nick did a great job getting the cellar door unlocked. We chose that entrance as it was hidden in the darkness behind the house. The cellar smelled dank and moldy. There were sounds we weren't expecting. We could could hear water dripping somewhere. Renee was supposed to bring two flashlights, but she only brought one, and it was weak. It was very hard to see in there, as there were no windows to let in the light from the streetlights outside. We were already creeped out, and we were only about five steps in. But we were having fun, right? Then we spotted the stairs. We made our way up to the kitchen. Nothing much to see, really. Some old appliances, kitchen table covered with dust. We were now joking and lighthearted, as it was way less scary upstairs. Plus, the streetlights outside provided us with an ambient light. We were joking and teasing each other when we all thought we heard something upstairs being moved across the floor. We all stopped and listened. Nothing. So we laughed at ourselves. I remember Nick saying we were the scariest thing in this house and we all laughed again. There was that sound upstairs. We stopped again. And then Nick said, oh, it's probably squirrels being disturbed by us. He suggested we go upstairs to find out. So, being young and curious, we went upstairs. Halfway up the steps, we heard it again. And Nick said, see, I told you, it's some animal and it's scared of us. Still carefree, we headed up to the top. Once at the top, we kind of split off from one another, all exploring the different rooms, still trying to spook each other. Then we heard that sliding sound again. Nick yelled, Okay, whose room did that come in? We all waited for the other to answer. I said, Well, it wasn't in this room. It sounded like it was from the room next to mine, but that's what everyone else said too. Even though the upstairs was large, and if that sound happened at one end of the house, there would be no way to have heard it so close at the other end. Hmm. We all thought about it, and decided to continue exploring. Except now, we would stay a little closer together. We found a lot of old junk just laying around. A few of us were throwing some of it at each other. Just being kids, having a blast. Suddenly, there was a huge slam downstairs. And I mean, it was like a house-shaking boom. We instantly froze, staring at each other. And then... It happened again. Hoping for an answer that would calm our hearts, we waited and heard nothing. Nick said, oh, man, I was worried. I thought I thought we were busted. Well, what the hell was that then, Nick? I asked. He shrugged, said he didn't care as long as it wasn't the cops. Nick was the oldest of us, so I guess we just followed suit as he did not seem afraid. So hesitantly, we carried on with our excursion. Altogether now, though, we went into the only room nobody had been in yet. It was the only door that was shut upstairs. And this room, this room gave an instant, and I'm at a loss for words even today. It, it gave an instant feeling like sadness, depression. If, if it could be felt in a room, then I suppose that that's what this room felt like. This room was sad. All the joking and laughter had stopped. I don't even think we realized that we were so quiet. I really believe now, looking back, that the sadness of this room somehow affected all of us. As minutes ago, we were carrying on like children, and now we were sullen and not really as interested. So we were looking around this room in total silence. And then it began to get cold. I know. I know that sounds cliche, but I am telling you, you could feel it getting colder. One of us said, why is it so cold in here? We knew that outside, it was a hot summer night. If anything, it should be blazing hot up here. But none of us knew the answer. I honestly don't think any of us heard of a cold room being related to paranormal instances we actually knew very little, and even less, about what was coming our way. This room had the most junk in it. We all busied ourselves going through it, maybe hoping for something exciting. Nick said he wanted to go back to the room he was in before, and he would be right back. But we barely noticed him leaving the room. Then, out of nowhere, we heard Nick scream. He screamed for help after a loud, loud, A thud, a loud thud. We ran to the room where he was, and he was pinned between the closet and the old dresser. He was crushed against the wall so that he could not even turn around. And this dresser was old school, solid wood, and solidly heavy. It took all of us to move it away. Nick was breathing heavy, and he looked scared. We asked what happened, and... He said he was going to look in the closet, and the dresser moved and pinned him on its own. Right, Nick. Stop trying to scare us. We would have heard it move. He swears it did, and that it made no sound when it moved because it was floating across the room, and the thud we heard was the dresser setting itself back down. Okay, Nick. Well, we definitely thought Nick was trying to put a scare into us girls, but I wondered why... He looked so afraid that maybe maybe he wasn't faking and why we never heard the dresser move anyway so Nick thought we should leave now he said that maybe the neighbors would have heard us And but you know Ange, Annie she was, she was having none of this she said let's go we are doing this we headed back downstairs we went into the living room I remember looking out the front window at cars going by people across the street sitting out in the evening air and I remember thinking how normal everything seemed out there and how in comparison I felt out of order I felt very strange ever since being in that last cold bedroom I felt alone I felt disconnected from the whole world looking back I wonder was that how the old man felt As he looked out his windows. I wanted to leave too. But I could not leave. If the cool kids didn't leave. Paranormal peer pressure folks. So we decided to do our seance. In the living room. On the floor. With Annie being the experienced one. She drew up some symbols. On the floor. Then she lit some candles. And proceeded to instruct us. On how a seance worked. So we all sat. Cross-legged on the floor, in a circle. And there was that sound again. Ignore it, Annie said. We have to be focused on what we were doing or it wouldn't work, she said. So we all did our best to do as she told us. She began by asking questions. Then it was several questions later and several no answers. Nothing. I was thinking this was dumb. And just, I just wanted to leave. When we all heard it, a faraway voice. It's working, Annie said. Where was that? I asked. I think upstairs, Nick said. No, I said. It was, it was, it was probably the neighbors, neighbors next door. Shh. Annie said to shut up. She asked, spirit, show us a sign that you are here. And we listened in silence. Still listening as Annie held her hand up to silence us, we all heard whispering. Low at first, then louder, until it was all around us and now crying. Someone was crying. Then I could feel static electricity, literally all around us. Okay, that was enough for me. I stood up, ready to leave. My back to the front door. I was facing the kitchen directly in front of my view. At the far side of the kitchen was a powder room and I could see the toilet in there. I could also see an old man sitting on it and he was pointing at me, his face full of rage, a seething hatred and he opened his mouth as if in a scream but no sound came from him No sound except my scream. My scream got everyone on their feet and running towards the door. It burst open. To our surprise, it wasn't even locked. This all seemed to be in slow motion. We were trying to get out, running into each other, and shocking each other from the strange static electricity charge that we all suddenly had. When I turned to see the old man, he was naked and walking towards us. He was walking quicker than he looked capable of. I began screaming, go, 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 go. The girl behind me, Laura, grabbed my arm. As I turned to look at her, I could see her head being yanked backwards by something I could not see. Her face was filled with terror. Her hands grasped at her throat. I did not see the old man anymore. But I did see her necklace break from her neck and go flying. And then I pulled her toward me and we fell outside onto the front porch. What happened? I asked her. She, she said as we were leaving, she felt something yank her backwards and it was strangling her until she broke free. I looked at her neck and it had a thin red line clear across her front of her throat. We looked back in the house and did not see anything except the necklace it was now laying about halfway to the kitchen that necklace can stay there she said we regrouped on the sidewalk we were all visibly shaken and it was the last time we ever tried a seance a couple side notes to this story i do suppose it could be completely unrelated however it is something that has bothered me over the years Nick joined the army and was assigned to be a mechanic. He was accidentally crushed by a vehicle that fell on his chest. He died from his injuries. I don't know. I, I just always thought about how he was crushed against the wall that night and then to have died maybe five years later from a similar incident. This, this has always bothered me. Also, I found out later that the old man that lived in that house was Hermit like never really leaving his house and had committed suicide in that house. This made me think of the sadness in that bedroom and the loneliness I felt looking out the window. It breaks my heart to think of someone feeling that way every day of their life. I wish that old man peace in his place of rest. Okay, well on with my next adventure with Annie. So one day Annie and I went to her house. We weren't really up to anything just hanging out when her mom got home and when she walked in the door i suddenly got the strangest feeling dizziness and my eyesight went to a tunnel vision and all i could see was white roses and i could smell them so strongly and then my head collapsed to the table and i was saying white roses no other colors white roses no other colors when i opened my eyes annie and her mom looked very concerned and was asking me if i was all right and strangely i said no thanks i don't like tomatoes no tomatoes then i i think i truly awoke and and i asked what was happening and when they told me what i had been saying i remembered smelling the roses and seeing the white roses And I can tell you, it was so vivid. Now, Annie's mom was crying. I was like, hey, hey, don't worry. I'm okay. Really, I am. And she was shaking her head. No, no, you don't understand. That was my mother. What? Annie and I asked at the same time. She explained. When my mother was dying, she kept saying she only wanted white roses at her funeral. No other colors, only white roses. I felt a shiver go up and down my body. And she continued. When my mother was a little girl, they were very, very poor, and sometimes would only have the vegetables that her mother had canned to eat. And all too often, she lived on tomatoes. She despised them as an adult. That was my mother. How did you do that? She asked me through tears. I had no answers. I I had no words. I just, I shook my head and finally I just said, I have no idea. And I truly, I truly didn't. Another night with Annie, we decided to go break into the local hotel. Now, when I say local hotel, I mean this building was ancient, long shut down. It was from the early 1900s and was basically an eyesore to the town. But at one time, many decades ago, it was the lifeblood of the town as it served the local railroad and nearby highway. Anyway, we were curious about what it looked like inside. We were very, very aware that there were signs posted literally on every window, no trespassing. But that didn't apply to us, right? Well, that's what we thought. Our plan was to go up the stairs in the back. The man that now owned it lived across the street, and he had rebuilt the fire escape, so we felt that it was probably pretty safe to go up and then just go in through one of the windows upstairs. We waited until after midnight. The small town went to bed early. There were hardly any lights on anywhere, and none on at the hotel owner's house so we quietly crept up the stairs to the third floor landing our hearts pounding kind of giggling at ourselves as we started trying to push the windows open but none of them even budged we were so disappointed i thought to myself well i'm not leaving without seeing the inside and i cupped my hands against the glass and peered into the dark hotel Now, I know this part may seem insane, but I can tell you, I thought it was insane too. So, as I said, I looked into the dark hotel, and it was like someone punched all the air out of my chest. Like, my world was only black and white, and suddenly, it was in color. Every sense I had was on fire, full power, and it was intoxicating. I gasped. At what I saw and what I heard and what I felt everything in this hallway was new beautiful bright gold and red colors bursting at me as if every light was on there was a table in the hallway with a huge bouquet of red and yellow flowers the table was trimmed in gold everything had detail and it was like it was seared in my memory because as I write this I can still see it. The hallway walls were wallpapered with a red and gold swirly design. And from mid-wall down, it was a rich, dark wood. I could hear a strange sound, though. It was like a radio that maybe wasn't quite tuned or some kind of static. And it was constant during this entire vision. I could see the window at the opposite end of the hotel. And it was covered in a fancy swooping red velvety drape. And then I saw a woman. And she was beautiful. She was wearing a long, beautiful green gown with white ruffled sleeves. She looked right at me and was smiling. Then she said, Come along. It's time to go. We have to go now. And held out a white gloved hand toward me. I was compelled to reach for her. And I reached for her. And then She screamed, go now. Nancy, Nancy. It was Annie. She was whispering loudly in my ear. We have to go. Confused, I followed her. I was dizzy and I I sat down on the steps. Annie was frantic and pulled me up and she said, "The owner is awake and he yelled at us to leave, but I I couldn't get you away from the window. He said he's going to shoot us if we are still here when he comes back move we have to go we have to go annie was scared and that was a rare thing not much scared annie well i did my best to gather myself getting shot was a terrifying thought and it was finally registering that i had to hurry down down the steps down the steps we went. it seemed we would never get to the bottom all the while glancing at the owner's house to see if he was coming for us We finally reached the bottom. Finally. And now we had to run. Fast. We split up when he fired the first shot. And I was about two blocks away when I heard the second shot. I was terrified that he had shot Annie. So I ran back and I spied on him. My heart pounding. But he was heading back into his house, and he was laughing. (laughs) Years later, I had heard that that man never fired at people. He, He just liked scaring people away by shooting his shotgun. And I can tell you, it works very well. Annie and I had a few other adventures that summer, and one day, she just wasn't home anymore. Neither was her mom. I heard that her mom had to move because she lost her job and her home and Annie was finally in enough trouble that she was put into juvenile detention. I never saw her again. I often wonder what had ever happened to her. Wherever she is, I hope she is well. I hope she thinks of me and smiles. So that sums up the one summer I spent with Annie. I never had another summer like it. I never had any other visions like I had at her house or at the hotel. I have never been attacked by a spirit like we were at the old house on the corner. Then again, I never had another friend like Annie. Well, thank you, Nancy, for this story of your summer with Annie. I can only imagine how intense these experiences were, especially at such a young age. Annie definitely sounds like a risk taker and I also wish her well and hope she's out there somewhere. I am truly sorry though for the tragic loss of your friend Nick. I wish him peace in his afterlife. So this story is a real trip, a true adventure and I do think in this case maybe Annie may have had a pull on certain events. Who knows? It's all speculation at this point but thanks again for sharing. So you may leave comments, ideas, and even your own true story at this email, myyahoo.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Let me bring your story to life. Okay, thanks for spending this time with me. And don't forget to please sign up at patreon.com. And keep in mind, there will not be a story for Christmas weekend. So I'll see you all next week. Peace and love. Thanks for being here today. I hope to see you next time on Paranormal and Supernatural True Stories. Will your experience be the next one I tell? Send all communications and stories to MyTrueStory at MyYahoo.com. In the meantime, leave the lights on.